With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Of his might. 
Now, as you see before you, uh, this uh, the title of the show is Pride Goeth Before Destruction and a Haughty Spirit Before Fall. I'm going to begin reading in Acts chapter 13, but before uh, we start that, uh, I start the reading, let's, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you in the name of Jesus, our Savior, for this opportunity to meet with fellow saints, Lord, that we might be enlightened, that we might be encouraged, and our hearts, Lord, would be open to your word, that we might grow thereby, that we might be stabilized in our hearts, that we might be built up in the faith once for all, delivered to the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. So Acts chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Acts 13, 1. Quote, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. They sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were in Salamis, they preached the word of God, God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And when they, and when they had gone through the aisle unto Pamphilus, when they had gone uh, through the aisle unto Pamphos, uh, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was. Bar Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Alamas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety and mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right way of the Lord? And now, before the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season, and immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking to lead, seeking some to lead him by the hand. When the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 6. There is a city called uh, Paphos. And uh, is an island, I should say. And notice who was on this island, uh, this sorcerer. Now, this was a, this city, uh, Pamphos, was famous for 
immorality. They worship Venus, the goddess of sex. And I also want you to note the connection of immorality and spiritual darkness. And so that's the situation that we have here. Now, notice that Saul at this point, who is also called Paul, verse 9, is a new believer. Now, Paul is a new believer, but he is not a babe in Christ. A babe in Christ is an immature believer. Notice, Paul is filled with the Spirit, and he set his eyes upon LMS, the sorcerer. So, and notice Paul, uh, what Paul does in verse 10. Paul confronts him without fear. And Paul says, all full of all subtlety and all mischief, child of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Now, I wanted to read this to you because this is capital P, capital R, capital I, capital D, capital E, month in the United States. I want you to note that I want you to know what is going on in this country now. I want you to know that uh, it has taken a great deal of time and strategic planning to reach this state in this country. Over the decades, there has been a progressive weakening of the male, of the man of the father, of the husband, of the leader of the home. It took a lot to get to this point where now males are just mere males. Men are just guys, dudes. And they no longer know what it means, these males, They no no longer know what it means to be a man. That has been stripped from them. And notice, this this is a result of social engineering in order to bring in the most base sort of disingenuous perversity. Now that the strong man has been bound, notice, the attack is always upon in that manner. You bind the strong man, and then you can move in and defeat the home through caustic, bitter, biting, humiliating sarcasm, the male has been destroyed 
in this culture. So the culture now uh, has this feminist mystique. Feminism has nothing to do with what you and I think of as classical feminism. No, classical feminism was something radically different from the feminism that is in existence today. Please understand that this, is, this feminism is of a different flavor. Notice. In order to open to door, the door to accept this, uh, this perversity, the Trojan horse had to be sent in first. It is subtle. It waits patiently for the opportunity to bring in what it really wants to do. NAMBLA, Man Boy Love, and these other perverse organizations are all a part of what is going on now. They want the destruction of children. If we can't have the children, you, want, you don't want us to have ac- access to the children, then we will take their lives through fake va- vaccines. The children are the target. And I want you to see through the book of Acts, written by Luke, the physician historian, I want you to see why he included this narrative in the first book of church history. The gospel went to Paphos. This place, once again, was noted for immorality and the worshiping of Venus, the goddess of So, Playboy Magazine, Hustler Magazine, and these other magazines, uh, look, this had nothing to do uh, with the beauty of women. It had to do with the breaking down and the tearing down of spirituality and morality in the heart. Its mission was to create secrecy and perversity and a perversion and insatiable desire. Its mission was to bind the strong man. And Naive theologians came around and they said things about women and the mind of women that that were not true. They were uh, coming from a Victorian viewpoint of women, which was another lie. And I know this because the research that I did for my first book, Naming the Incubus, talked about Victorian culture and how men traded their daughters to their fellow men. Their, uh, uh, they may belong to the same club or what have you, and they did this routinely behind the veil of Victorian 
more. The woman who wrote Frankenstein, the novel Frankenstein, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein about this, many believe this was about her father who had tortured her sexually. And remember, Frankenstein was what? Different uh, different parts of the anatomy of the body was from different uh, people. And so this was the way she got her message out about what had been done to her. I had a friend long ago whose mother was a nurse at a famous hospital in the uh, San Francisco Peninsula. And her mother was in an, an area where people had sexually altered themselves but then wanted to revert back to their original sex. And when they were told that they could not do this, these people had to be put on under on heavy medication because this awareness destroyed their minds. See, the other side of this stuff is left out. It is kept hidden for a reason because the other the the real information does not support the glamorous narrative. God made man in his own image and likeness, in his own shadow. God made man. Byron Skinner said, to man as man we readily say good riddance. C.S. Lewis wrote about the abolition of man. You should read that book. Author Koisler wrote about the ghost in the machine. Read that book. There are many others I can recommend to you, but I want you to get a knowledge and understanding of what is going on. And who is pushing this 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 pride mechanism? Uh, which makes what? That makes an issue of self. Pride makes an issue of self. And why is this anti-gospel of self pushed so hard? Why? Because it turns away the eyes from heaven, from God, and focuses the eyes of these individuals upon themselves. Freud observed that the deepest recesses of the human heart was darkness. Carl Jung observed the deepest recesses of the human heart was filled with darkness. That knowledge of what they found is carefully hidden. You should read Jung's, Carl Jung's book, Modern Man in Search of a Soul. He talks about 
what he and Freud discovered. But now these writings are anathema. They're cursed. They don't want you to have this knowledge. You should read 1984 for about Big Brother and about how through torture they would split the mind. And they were able to have people to believe a certain dogma and yet believe, and also believe it's very opposite, holding both beliefs as if they were true. How do they do this? By splitting the mind through torture, through sexual torture. You should read that material so that you will understand what is going on and what has, what has been done. The military-industrial complex has put together this pride movement and Black Lives Matter. These are all political agendas. Jesus said that such things will be in the last days. Paul wrote that in the last days, demonic times will come. You should read Romans chapter 1. In Romans 1, Paul talks about how men with men are working that which is unseemly or how they're in their insatiable sexual desire Men burned out like a, a match and passionate lust for one another. It, their excesses were inconceivable and insatiable until they absolutely ruined their souls. And the women were the same way. They're, they abuse one another. Well, one biblical translator wrote it this way, that they treated one another with viciousness. This has nothing to do with a relationship with a man and a woman who love each other. I haven't even begun to talk about demonism and how these split minds of these uh these these schizophrenic individuals uh and and the demonic presence or the presence of demons in their soul the presence of unclean spirits This is Luke. I'm reading Luke chapter 9. I'm, I'm starting at verse 23. Quote, and he said to them all, if any will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I want to stop right there, unquote. Some people say, well, I am a homosexual Christian. I'm a homosexual Christian. The culture allows that language. 
When I go to the word of God, I read this. Verse 23 of Luke 9. If any will come after me, let him deny himself. The word deny, the verb deny, is in what we call the aorist, the aorist passive imperative. What's the first thing the disciple must do? The world and, and its pride ceremonies focuses, focuses upon that which is shocking, that which exploits, that which uh, uh, shouts out to the world, this is our, this is, this is, this is us. is focus on self. God sees this. God sees the impurity, the unchastity. God sees the licentiousness. God sees the shameless production of existential emptiness. Well, I'm conservative, homosexual Christian. And he said to them all, if any will come after me, let him deny himself. And isn't the word deny here means that one almost forgets one's own existence. Why? Paul wrote, I am crucified with Christ. Why? Paul knew that, and the word in Greek, the self is ego. Paul wrote that he crucified the ego, the self, the focus, the center of, of human attention. Also, I crucified that self So that the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There are things I had to give up to follow Christ. I had to release certain things, certain lusts, certain desires, certain goals, certain proclivities. I had to crucify those at the cross. My Bible tells me by their fruits, that is what they do, you shall know them. And I've counseled professing believers who told me, well, this is my struggle and this is what I'm, I'm, I'm facing and I'm going through this. All right. I remember counseling with a brother, and I went to do a prayer of deliverance, and he bowed his head. And when I started on that prayer of deliverance, he opens his eyes, he said, and he said to me, he said to me, I don't want to do this. I want to hold on to my sexual fantasies. I don't want to do this. I was told this.
He wanted to remain enslaved. Well, this is my passive slavery to this lust, to this desire, to this proclivity, to this way of being. Uh, This is the lie that I want to hold on to and say, yet say with my lips, I I am this type of believer. Uh, God said in the Old Testament, look, these people praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I'm just teaching the word. But you know how it goes. People get upset with the messenger because they don't want to hear the word. Well, it's too challenging. It's too demanding. It hasn't begun to be demanding. If any will will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Take up his cross. In order to follow Jesus, one has to deny oneself, then take up his cross. One has to deny himself. But one's personal existence is almost extinguished. Then take up his cross once in a while. When I'm around, when I'm when I'm at a convention or on Sunday when I'm with other believers, and then I turn on the persona, the language, uh, the behavior, and let me tell you something about all that stuff. You wouldn't believe what these people do in the secret recesses of their hearts. You wouldn't believe the stuff that goes on. And I'm not going to tell you. And when God moves into that corrupted life, with judgment, then people say, well, well, I thought. Well, I thought. I taught a Bible study a few years back, and a lady who was in that Bible study told me, well, I, I, I don't believe when the Bible says the body of sin that the body of sin might be made inoperative. She said, I didn't believe that. I don't believe there's sin in the body. Well, if you read Romans, Paul talks about sin in the body. And he talks about the flesh. So I don't argue with people. I teach the word. This is what Paul writes in Romans 6. Verse 11, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members, that is, the members of your body, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Now, in the Greek, the word instruments is hopla. And that word hopla means instruments of war. But yield 
This is after the colon. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members, that is the members of your body, as instruments of righteousness unto God. Again, the word hopla is used. Now it means instruments or weapons of war, God's purposes. Weapons of war for God's purposes. Now, it is a... Now notice what Paul writes in Romans 6.11. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. That word indeed means in fact. Reckon means to calculate or to reason yourself to be dead to sin. Now, verse uh, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified, notice, uh, notice the state of being verb, knowing this, that our old man, that is, uh, the, uh, the old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed and that henceforth we should not serve sin. Listen, if you know someone uh, who is enslaved to pornography, and I mean enslaved, it is a bitter, bitter, bitter poison because real relationships, uh, a one-on-one relationship where you you can be faithful to your wife or husband, uh, I'm talking about male, female. Uh, if you're involved in pornography, that's not happening now. And you know it. You know you're in bondage. You know you're captive. And you know that you're living a lie. You know it in your heart. And you know you don't see your life moving anywhere in the faith. You don't see yourself growing in the faith. Because you can't. Because you're bound. You're bound by this spirit that won't let you go. And let me say at this point that the only way to find relief is by going to the Lord, 1 John 1, 9, you confess. Not a general confession, but a detailed account of your sin when it started and what is going on with you. You confess to God. You tell God. And because why? Notice, your your members are now the hoplar or the instruments of war against whom? They're instruments of war against you and those within your periphery because your life is filled with spiritual criminality. You're not free and you know it. And no one around you can be free. Jesus will set you free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. If the Son sets you free. Whatever chemical cocktail they have you on, uh, one or two, two or three, three or four different types uh, of chemicals to sedate you uh, because from your bondage. Remember, these things were off. And 
these chemicals compete for uh, your synapses, receptors uh, for space. And after a while, you know, unless it could become heavier and heavier, the effect of this is going to wear off. Now you can be free of that stuff. So you have a bondage to a particular behavior and you and it's compounded by another type of bondage. You see how it goes? Uh, the individual begins to spiral. And that is and, and that is sin. Now, if you have tragically been attacked or raped uh, or sexually abused by someone, and uh, God bless you, you need to get to to counseling and be careful because some of these pastors have attacked these women who have been sexually abused because they know that they can, and so they take advantage of them. So these women keep running. Find a counselor whom you can trust if you are, or you are in that situation. As far as pride is concerned, uh, look, uh, when we go uh, to Proverbs and we look at this verse, this is Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. So what is pride? So pride is an inordinate, unrealistic opinion of one's own dignity, importance, or importance. And it displays itself uh, in certain types of conduct. So in the Greek, I mean, in the Hebrew, it reads, the word is gaion. For pride, pride spaces breaking or fracture or crushing. Gaion, pride spaces shattering. And a haughty spirit, and that word haughty means, in Hebrew it means height, height. A lofty spirit, a high spirit, height. And a haughty spirit spaces a stumbling or calamity or ruin. Listen, it's all a lie. It's a giant bogus lie. And in the end, those who are engaged in this behavior will go nowhere. It ends in nothing. Because it is based it is from out from the cosmic system and it is based on a lie. God is here through Jesus Christ, offering his son who died for the sins of those who are engaged in this pride movement. Those people wearing those leather costumes who are out there parading around, the blood of Jesus is there for you. Those people who are in those libraries seeking to corrupt and destroy those children, the blood of Jesus is there for you for your sin. Those people who are taking children to bars and, and subjecting them and showing them outrageous behavior, or their outrageous behavior of some adults, 
The blood of Jesus is there for you, but Jesus warned that if you destroy one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better that a millstone was bound about your neck and you were cast into the uttermost parts of the sea because Jesus will bring vengeance on those who destroy children. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life and peace. Leave the children alone. Stop grooming the babies for destruction. Stop leading the babies to their ruin. Those who seek to ruin the little ones, God will ruin. This is God's warning to you. Judgment is coming. Go to the cross of Jesus and confess your sins. If you have what? If you have kidnapped children, if you have sexually trafficked young children and babies, you need to go to the Lord and get your life right with him. If you have seen babies and children and adults abused and tortured to death and death in snuff films, you need to go to Jesus and confess your sins. You need to get right with God. If you have gone to parties where they have destroyed human life, you need to go before God and confess your sin. What you have done, you need to get right with God because the blood of Jesus is there for your sin too. You need Jesus Christ. Because judgment is coming on this world, and the wrath of God is not going to step aside. The wrath of God is not going to stop until God has completed what he starts. God always finishes what he starts. You don't want to be on the side of God's wrath. You don't want to see Jesus when he treads the fullness of the winepress of Almighty God. And he is, and, and he is in his crimson robe. Uh, that is for war. You don't want to be there. You don't want to face him in wrath. You want to come to Jesus now. His arms were outstretched on the cross. For God so loved the world, knowing the sin of the world, knowing the ugliness, knowing the horror, knowing the evil, the malignant, maniacal evil. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not die but have everlasting life. Why am I preaching you this and talking to you this way? Because one day I was lost in sin and my life was ruined. I am no better than anyone I have talked to tonight. I know what God has brought me from. I know what God has done for me. And I know what he can do for you. God loves you, and God loves me. 
and God wants you to come home to him while you can still come to him. Leave it alone, leave it behind, and come to Jesus and know what a real life is about. Let go of the sin. It will only lead to ruin. Good evening, and God bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.